bring in a new breeze into the church. And when that need manifested, when the hour came, there is also a prophetic timeline. The timeline struck. So God spoke. He said, this is the point of entry now. I must get to them now, lest it gets late, because everything is set. And he's saying that when the Lord decided to bring this visitation to the earth, there were certain benchmarks that were set. There was a benchmarking that was done in the throne. In the throne room of God. Certain benchmarks were set up. And they said, the reason we are coming is because sin is not being addressed at the pulpit. Sin in the lives of the Christians is not being addressed. So, this is meant to come in and address sin in the church. Sin in the communities. In other words, there are churches out here also, but they were not affecting the communities. So now we need a church that will come into the community and when the church begins to dispense righteousness, to worship and execute her practice, then look, the community will change. So even the communities needed change. Needed some. You are the salt of the earth. How many have ever eaten food without salt? I need to count. I, I need even a pen. <laughs> I tell you, salt is the flavor of food. Without salt, there is no flavor. I have eaten without salt. It is unbelievable. In fact, you feel you're wasting the food, right? It's flat. So salt is the flavor into the food. So when he said you are the salt of the earth, meaning the earth without an, a church that has effect, salt, is flat, is destined to zero, is nothing. But now, the, 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 is that my daughter I see? Did you make it? Thank you so much. Thank you, the Lord bless you. Just focus on me, everybody. All of you are my daughters and sons. But I'm saying this. The salt of the earth, that means as you worship in righteousness, the effect trickles into the community. You are transforming communities. You understand? So as long as that ceases to happen, then there is need to come in. There is need for revival. There is need for the church to build a new church. To raise the altar of the Lord. So, addressing sin, addressing righteousness, addressing holiness, addressing faith, addressing repentance, addressing this sanctification of Christians that's supposed to be ongoing. Right? And I said that today's mission, my, my mission here, my, my, my assignment in this place today was to be able to bring a vetting, to bring, um, to bring a review a calibration onto the revival. That ever since we set out with such objectives, such benchmarks, on this journey, how much have we achieved? Did you understand? Because you're not saying, give me 100%, but you're saying, we must show progress, right? That you see, oh wow, people are now sensitive to what? The dressing of women now has changed. People, women now carry themselves with honor. Great honor. They're now honorable in the land. The preaching of righteousness now at the altar. Repentance. Sin is being rebuked. That is powerful. To now see the effect. And then in that way you know that if the purpose for which Jesus created the church to connect, to transmit man into eternity, you know that these people are going to heaven. That is obvious. That is the physical manifestation you see without even engaging with them, right? 
You say, wow, the way they carry themselves, they take it serious. They are going into eternity. Yeah. Hallelujah. And so, th this is where we began from. And then later, I brought you now to the place where I was addressing the futility of life on this earth. How futile, how perishable, how temporary life on this earth is. Do you understand me? That is what we were handling at the time I left. And I said, it's ahead of me so much and the sun is going down as usual. Do you see what I meant? It's going down. So I just read one more on uh, how um, life is like wind, like a wind, or like a vapor, whichever. I even begin from Genesis 3.19. I can begin from there and then move on because time is against us. 3.19 says, I'm reading King James. He says, In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it was thou taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust, unto dust thou shalt return. Shalt thou return. Meaning, it is temporary. You will return to the soil. So then there is need for the church, the enlightened church that you are, to begin refocusing her attention and priorities to eternity. Right? That, that, that is beautiful that we can sit here and discuss that. Focusing on eternity. And there are many other scriptures I would have wanted to give you. Matthew 24 verses 42 to 51. Matthew 24, 42 to 51. Hallelujah. And we don't have much time for it now. Because I need to get to the matter. Matthew 24, 51. Again, Matthew 24, 42, 51. It says the following. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would have, sorry, would have kept watch and would not have let his house to be broken into. 44. So you also must be ready because the son of man will come at an hour when you least expect, when you do not expect. 45. He says, Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has put in charge of all the other servants in the household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing what he do, doing that. Finds him doing so when he returns. Verse 47. I tell you the truth. He will put him in charge of all his possession. On and on he goes. You can read later. Can you focus on me now? What is the Lord saying here? He's saying that when man was created unto this earth and afflicted onto this earth, he was given a cardinal duty. Owing to the perilousness, the temporariness, owing to the vaporness, like a vapor, this life, owing to the short-lived nature of this life, man was given a principal cardinal duty when he came to this earth, when God brought him into this, onto this earth. And that duty, he's saying, 
is the following. That duty was that he may begin to prepare for the glorious eternal kingdom of God that lasts forever and ever and ever. That was the cardinal principle duty of man. And he's saying, it is such a major duty, you cannot forget it. You cannot say I forgot. For example, I give you this. If you go to hospital, or, or you live in your life, just living your life, and then fall sick, all of a sudden you've been going, you've been going to work, to work, then all of a sudden you fall sick. That is when you are reminded that, wow, this life is indeed temporary. When you fall sick, you're like, wow, I could easily go. Then it awakens you to the fact that this thing is temporary. So nobody can even say, ah, you see me, I was not aware. No. Even when you see funerals, and I say it, and I repeat it here, that instead of going to a place where you have Fanta, Fanta drink, you know the Fanta? Fanta, Fanta is orange, orange color rather, Fanta color. And queen cakes and water and popcorns and celebrating birthday, giving high fives and drinking cold Fantas in glasses out in the lawn like this. Instead of doing so, you'd rather go and sit in a funeral somewhere. And if you don't have a funeral, go, go to the mortuary and wait. If you see people taking a body, follow them. And go there and sit with them inside there. You might learn a thing or two about eternity. Because when you sit there at the funeral, instead of celebrating in a party, a fiesta, a feast, you go to the funeral, you find people there, they are sad like this, the reality is happening, they are talking about burial, until you see the, the morning, until you see this person they are talking about was what? He read what? He went to which school? He went to which country and read what? He won prize what? He did what? And then finally you see him being lowered down. And the soil covered. You might learn a thing or two about eternity and begin preparing from that day. Begin to prepare from that day. Instead of going to enjoy Fanta, Coca-Cola and soda and, uh, and, uh, and what? Queen cakes. Don't do it. Did you just understand me? Why? Because he's saying this life is so temporary that if there's something that can jolt you and cause you to refocus into eternity, go there. Do that thing. And so, in Matthew 24, he's saying that when you were created, you were given a duty to prepare for eternity. Don't tell me that is a scripture on pastors. No. All of you have a calling. You have a calling. If Ruth is close, Mariah is closing her eyes, I'll just throw, throw her out of here because I don't have time for this. So listen, it's a privilege to sit here. So listen to this now. If at all, you have a cardinal duty, the principal duty you have was to prepare for eternity. But he's presenting a scenario here that is really synonymous with this generation, right? He's saying... Even when that major duty was there, this generation has taken the lighter duty to just do the things, the fending of the earth here and all that. Yet there's a major duty, major, for eternity. They have taken the lighter job, which is nothing at all. To look for food where, to do what here, do things there, what to, just the things of this earth. He said, no, there is a more serious duty that has eternal consequence to prepare for eternity. And after preparing yourself, go and prepare thy neighbor. 
Are we together? That's what the Lord is saying here. And so, the futileness, the futility of life on this earth has been well exemplified in everything you see on the earth. Temporary. Perishable. Everything you see on the earth is short-lived, right? And the sun is going down, so I need to be running down. So, we have so many scriptures we could be reading. For example, the book of Psalm 103. I'm just jumping. Psalm 103, verse 15. 103, verse 15. Let me see if I can get to it. Because I need to get to two main topics ahead of me here, right? Ah, so you can read that later, okay? Read that later. Let me jump. Because otherwise we have to be here tomorrow. Again, I am not achieving my objective that I began with. Am I? Do I look like I'm doing it? You are not making it, right? Yeah, even my daughter there said, no, you are not making it. Uh, you, are not, you are not going to make it because time, right? So now... I believe that we need to look at one thing. How do we review you? How do you review the church? Are you ready? Now, we said that objectives were set, right? Certain objectives had been set. Objectives. God set them from heaven when he started the ministry. And we said it's only fair that now we look at some of them in order to review the church, the revival, right? This revival, how much has it achieved, right? And I say the bottom line of that, that, uh, that calibration, that review, that audit, the bottom line is the believer. Because the purpose was that the believer enters eternity. So then, I want us to go through a very short process here with a lot of scripture. I don't know how far we're going to handle this. The book of Psalms, 139 verses 23 to 24. That's where I want to begin now. Psalms 139. 23-24. Why? 139, 23-24. Because this is what he says. 23-24. Search me, O Lord. Stuck you see a mutu inje. Asante nisawa. Kuna mutu inje. Nisawa. You hear already. Good. Yes, so, Psalms 139, I said 23, 24, right? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Do you understand the reason, the premise, the platform under which we must make the review? Are we together? He's saying it is wise it is prudent for us to ask the Lord to search us thus far. Thus far. It can only perfection the sainthood. Perfectioning of the saints. It can only polish you, sharpen you, Father. Right? Search me, O Lord, and see if there's anything wrong. Any of my ways are not straight. That you may help me. You see, that is the platform now 
under which we have brought this tremendous review into the revival tonight and today. And you are sitting here as the chief leadership of the church. Because these are matters of gravity of reviewing the revival, right? So you are sitting in that caliber, that cadre. Hallelujah. How then, focusing on me now, how then do you review the revival? How do you review the revival? Can we get to it? Thank you very much. Number one, the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, if you don't mind. And we have so much, so we have to read fast and quick, right? Very fast, so I can go to the main topic ahead of me here. There's so much, right? 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Number one is that. He's saying, if this ministry set out to launch and establish repentance that was not being addressed, or to launch and address sin that was not being addressed, in other words, to bring the true salvation to the people. Then now, thus far, seven, five, 15 years later, can we stop for a moment and ask that if, therefore, if anybody be in Christ Jesus, behold, he is a new creation. The old man is gone and the new one has come. So just a moment. When you look at the church and the sheep and the pastors and the people therein, do you see new creation? It had to be like that. It had to be like that. Because he's saying, the countenance must change. It cannot be the same. It would be a serious trouble if it has remained the same. Are we together? You, I would be heavily troubled, troubled you too, right? He's saying there has to be a vivid change because I am told today when some of you walk in the streets, you say, oh, are you, are you the people of repentance? Yes. They had to know. They had to know. They had to know your position from the spirit, from the inward, is the outward expression. Was it supposed to be a joke? No, 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 no. No, the nudity had not had to come to an end here. Yeah, the nudity had to come to an end here. The other churches can continue. That's okay. That's theirs. But the reason this one was set to address it and the conviction of the word had to terminate it, had to neutralize it, had to bring it to fatality. So that now the new creation is seen. You are seeing a people, they don't care. Whether they are lawyers, doctors, teachers, who it does not matter, the myriad sitting here. But one thing stands out. The Lord comes first. And that is non-negotiable to them. Yes. To them, you can tell. You can tell their resolve, that is undiscussable. Hey. Number two, Romans chapter 12. 
Do you have you seen now the review we talked about? Now you sasa. Yes, because now we are at it. Now you say, wow. So he was really taking us somewhere, right? Now, now it's very powerful because it's only fair that we review. Yes, it is very powerful, my son. Uh, Santa Sana, you didn't even come there. So no, we will meet now. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Look at what he says. He says, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what is God's will, what God's will is, and his good and pleasing and perfect purpose. Meaning, the whimsical winds and notions cannot shake you anymore. Your conformity must now change and focus to eternity. Nobody heard me. To eternity. So this is now the beautiful part because this is now, we are taking audit now. This is a review now. You're saying, wow, now I understand why I no longer meet my friends or my clients in the nightclubs. Yeah, because some clients say, let's meet in the evening in the nightclub. Uh, we discuss that business. Now I understand why I don't, you don't conform anymore to the patterns of the world. You say, if that be the business, so be it. Be out. That one can stay. Yes. Whatever the Lord brings me is what I will handle. The patterns of doing business have changed. At workplace has changed. The flirting around at work ended. Hallelujah. Have you seen the review happening here? And there is so much ahead. I don't know how, whether we are going to manage. Can we just be reading through? Galatians chapter 3 verse 5. Galatians 3 verse 5. The conformity has changed, right? Lydia, where are you? Can you rise up? Can you give me a vigilagal on this? Thank you so much. The Lord bless you, my daughter. <laughs> Very mighty, right? Every time you hear it on radio, it is her. She's the one who does it on air. <laughs> no, but I'm saying, it is worth a vigilagal because if you look at the nudity in the church out there, the other religions cannot come to Christ. And if you see now that on his own, on his own, nobody ever preaches dressing here. Never. They just preach the word. But you see the conviction of the word. People are changing dressing. People are changing ways. They don't meet clients anymore where. They don't do what. They don't do type of businesses anymore. If, including, you know, I don't want to say here. It's a big situation. It's very powerful. It's very powerful. That, that is a mighty one. That's why I told her, give us a vigilegele on that one. No, okay, thank you, thank you. I had said then, I had said the other one. But it's very powerful that you see, even my daughters from other nations, from Europe, from developed countries like Taiwan, Brazil, what, that they are dressing also changed. Yes. Excuse me. That is significant. Sana, sana kabisa. Sana kabisa, sana, sana. That is a big one, thank you. That's a very big one. I, I said, stop a moment and review. Has progress been made? If this be the case, then let us celebrate this. Let us continue on this journey. And by the way, I've not even come to the wonders. Because he said to connect the earth, connect the church, mankind to heaven. And you know what happened at Menengai too? God himself came and connected his cloud to the meeting like this. Yes! And beaming his glory, doing like this, like a torch. It's very powerful. Those things have happened here. So if that be the case, we follow this road. Yeah. Nobody can dissuade us anymore. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. 
In any, in any case, I don't want to say really names here and things. In any case, you can only eat one plate in one day, right? Yes, oh, yes. And then, and then you told them it's enough, yeah. Yeah, I, I want to go and serve the Lord, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes the threat of, uh, the threats make people compromise. Which threats are we talking about? Isn't Jehovah God enough to take care of you? Yes. Hallelujah. So let us walk with Jehovah then. He is God. And even whoever was threatening you and saying that if you don't serve me like this, if you don't dress like this, or if you don't take this business and whatever, you will not get my contract. What? No, they were also woken up by Jehovah this morning. Yes, yes, yes. He had to wake them up. Yes, if he did not, they died. Yes, so sometimes the threats, even the quarters from which the threats are coming, you say, this is a creation of Jehovah that's threatening me. <laughs> yes, so we need just the awakening. And it's a very powerful time in the church. And he says, let's move on. Jeremiah, Jeremiah 32, 38 to 40. I would have gone to Jeremiah 15, 19 first, right? I think there are two scriptures. But because of time, I have 20 scriptures. I'd rather read five. Jeremiah 15. Hallelujah. Is somebody with me? Are you happy now that we are doing a review? And you can imagine the council of bishops is tuned in elsewhere. They should have been here, right? Yeah, the executive council should have been part of this because this is now serious review. Thus far we've come. And now most of you now have begun to understand the foundation under which this was launched. Upon which this was built. Now you understood from beginning how it started and what was set out. It's very powerful. Then you get to understand everything happening in it. Why? So it was set out, right? Jeremiah 15, 19, then I'll go to 32. But 15, 19, he says the following. Therefore, again, Jeremiah 15, 19, are we there? He says, therefore, this is what the Lord says. If you repent, I'll restore you that you may serve me. If you utter worthy, if you, if you utter worthy, not worthless words, you will be my spokesman. Let these people turn to you, but you must not turn to them. Let these people convert to you, but you must not convert to them. Let these people come to you, but you must not Everything there. Hallelujah. Because the church went out to convert the world, but the world converted her. But here in this one here, when you went out to convert, you remain the same. Even the Wazungus became like you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's very powerful to see this. It's a very mighty situation, right? So these are the benchmarks. This, this is how you review and see whether we've made progress. Otherwise, you're kidding around, right? If it's a serious church, we'd rather review. Oh, yes. You're saying this has touched you, right? Very much, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, yes. This is an awesome time in the church. I have a lot of scriptures and I have two topics ahead of me here. So, and then there is Jeremiah 32, 38, whatever. And then Ezekiel. Let's go to the Ezekiel 36, 26 because of time. Ezekiel 36, 26, okay? Are you with me? Ezekiel 36, 26. I'm reading it now. The wind is up also. 36, 26, Ezekiel. It says the following. Ezekiel 36, 26. There's so much wind here too. It says the following. It says, I will give you a new heart and put in you a new spirit. 
Again, I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I'll remove from you your heart of stone and give you a soft heart of flesh that repentance can penetrate. So if you look at the church today, do you see her repentant? Absolutely yes, this church. But I'm saying we should bring it out too. Absolutely. Every one of them is so humble. They want to repent on every moment. If they detect a thing, they want to repent. It's a beautiful stance. It's a beautiful demeanor. Do you see her repentant? Yes. Because even in your churches where you are, whenever uh, a visitation is shown, I'm told sometimes people go down on their stomachs and just repent. Yeah, but on their own. Without you asking, right? On their own, they just go down and repent and start crying to the Lord when they have seen the cloud of God visiting. He's saying that if the mission was to set out to install repentance and centralize repentance in the Christian worship experience. He's saying a few years later, 15 years later, when you look at the populace, the congregation, do you see that repentance has pierced and percolated deep into their lives, infiltrated their hearts and lives? That is true. That is powerful. And this is the lesson nations out should learn. This haughtiness you see in Brazil, haughty. Because they are haughty in, in Switzerland, in where, in Finland. Haughtiness, just a proudness, pride. No, he's saying, when this revival comes, it does what? It breaks it down. It hits it and breaks it down. So people become broken. Then you realize, oh, the heart of stone here has been replaced with a soft heart of flesh that repentance can pierce through and convict. Hallelujah. So there are so many, we may not have time because like I told you, didn't you see what I told you? Struggling with the sun is a fight, right? I tell you, we will win, right? I want to run to one of them. Let me be jumping. Isaiah 43 verse, verse 44 verse 3. I'm just asking you questions and reading and asking. If you see that what he's reading here is happening, Vigel again in a ranting the air. We will wait and see. Let's wait and see this one. Isaiah 44 verse 3. Verse 3 says, For I will pour water on a thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I'll pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. I will make springs come up. I, <laughs> I tell you. I tell you. Does somebody see springs of life and rivers of life flowing in the land? Creepers drinking from it. The thirsty death drinking from it. The thirsty cancers and the thirsty blind are drinking and from there, they are learning to walk now. They are now on their own. They, can now, they are now walking, going on their own. Now, wanajimudu. Wanajimudu. In the land. In the land. The springs of life have burst up in the land. And the word is holy and righteous. Then you realize, vigelegele kwa yesu. I tell you. I told you we need a review. If we are to be serious people, we don't, I don't have time. There's a lot to read here. I don't have time. 
There are so many things I could have read. Romans chapter 6, 13, for example. Just one, you can, the rest we can cover another day. Colossians 3. Let me just read Romans first. There's so much. Did you understand what the Lord set out to do? That in the beginning you may not have been here when it began. But you joined it. And since you joined it and we began. Right? And everything started moving on. Visitations taking place. Messages being preached left and right. Evangelism is being done. Can we stop for a moment and find out what was the initial objective? What purpose? What did we set out to achieve? And how far have we achieved it? I tell you, if you go out there, the other churches, to ask these things, you'll find that each of them, you have to put a cross, an X, an X. And then you say, just a moment. You need to change course, right? If it is true that on this direction here, on this journey, on this course, God the Father himself comes. He comes down and visits you. Keep going, baby. Keep going. Don't stop going. Please keep going until you enter. Hallelujah. Keep going. Don't stop until you enter. Even if they call you left or right, you just keep going. Hey. If he's visiting, that is mighty. <laughs> I tell you. Oh, no, please. Which one were we reading? Romans 6 what? It is 6.13. And then we finish because I need to get a main topic in front of me here. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have brought, uh, those who have been brought from death to life and offer parts of your bodies to him as instruments of righteousness. Thank you so much. Very powerful. Oh yes, because it's absolutely clear. People have chosen against immorality. Just openly they have chosen. They have refused it. They say, if I'm to get married, I'm going to get married holy. Period. Yes, otherwise, I don't want it. Anything sin, that is out. That is a powerful, resolute people. Resolved people. Serious people. Those are people you can take and go with them quite a distance. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. Hey. Good morning, Kenya. This is mighty, mighty hour in the church. Very powerful, right? Very much, my daughter. <laughs> this is powerful. And then he says, Luke 15, 7, if one, one sinner repents, heaven rejoices. You have Second Chronicles 7, 14. If my people who are called by my... Can we read that one? Second, because then I will ask you questions. Is it true that this gospel, this ministry, this church has had that effect to bring our people, make them humble, turn away from sin, and has God healed their land? Hallelujah! Yeah. Hallelujah! Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, I don't need to read it. <laughs> it is awesome here. So let us move on now. So I want to look at the original blueprint of the church. I told you it's such a big message, right? It's very big and very deep. Yes, yes. Oh, me, very deep. My son, it's a big one. I didn't want to do it, you know. So the bishop will slaughter me. They will say, now, you see, you're doing it without us. They will really be angry, right? I think that's you, right? And raising in pain. I tell you. 
So we need now to look at a few things here, beloved people. And I'll run through because of the sun. The sun is quickly going down, right? So, there are so many other scriptures on reviewing, right? On reviewing the church, taking an audit. And I said, really, 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 you cannot tell me, no, I'm holy in my heart. You may not have seen it, but I'm holy in the heart. No, you have to see it, my sons. You have to see that holiness. People have to see it. If it's hidden, then, then that is not the salvation of Christ. Because he gave us a mission to go and broadcast, right? Which means evangelize. Remember Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. Go and make disciples and teach them everything I've taught you, right? Teach them to obey it. So that is very powerful in terms of uh, the, the calling of the church, the mission. That's what we want to handle a little bit here. But I want to look at from the beginning because of time. Uh, and okay, you are going to listen to me because there's nothing right there. I want to look at from the beginning, right from the beginning. When Christ Jesus set out to build the church, the Messiah, and he died for the church, you understand? Redeemed the church. When he set out to build the church, to give birth to the church, that's where I want to begin. What was, because now we have seen this ministry on the rock, what is doing, the visitations, the everything in there. Then I said, can we retract a bit to tighten the audit? Can we refine deeper the calibration so the scale becomes even sharper? To refine deeper the calibration so it becomes sharper, right? Because over time you find it has moved. But now you refine it and tighten it deeper. Right? So now it is exact. Right? And I said we have seen, we have done Vigelegele here that wow, great things are happening here. Right? But I said, can we go back to the original blueprint that Jesus laid for the church? Without writing because there's nothing right there because I want you, I, I love the contact. Can we go down the original blueprint of the church that the Messiah laid? Because I know now we are dealing with the latter church, the latter glory, latter visitation, and everything is really very powerful. Sometimes the visitation is bigger than what you see. I think all the time, bigger than what you see in the Bible. Because the Bible said it would be greater, but didn't quantify, didn't say details. And then now you are shocked. Because all of a sudden when they are preaching, then you see the second prophet is being revealed. You see that? It's just amazing in that way. So those are things that were hidden within. But I'm saying, can we retract a bit to the original blueprint of Christ the Messiah and then take that blueprint and then take this vigilegele that has taken place the current church, this one here the glory that's happening here, the glorious church and superimpose and then check out is it fully tallied and then vigilegele rant the air like you won't believe it, right? but I'm saying it's important to do that Okay, I know the first church, but things were said about the latter church. But can we go to the basic principles and fundamentals that he laid down? So, I want to read a scripture where the Lord started the church from, right? The book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 14. And then I'll be able to explain to you a few things. 1 Corinthians 14. Is somebody with me? Somebody's making progress? 
1 Corinthians 14 34 35 and he says the following 1 Corinthians 14 34 35 I need to find it read it when I find it I'll read it I need to look deeper right Okay. Can I leave it out? If I read it, it may not go well, right? It's alright. It's alright. It, it, that's the Bible. But he's saying, we, don't let women talk in the church. You see that? I will bring it later. Can I just describe it? Okay, I know some of you read it. <laughs> some of you read it and you're like, please don't read it. <laughs> I will read it. But can I just explain the point I wanted to make, right? I said that when the thing is this. Christ Jesus went to the area of Caesarea. Caesarea, if you will. Caesarea Philippi, right? And at that place, he met some people, did some works, then he turned to his disciples. And when he turns to his disciples, he asks them, what do people say I am? Who do people say I am? Whom do they say I am? And then there was a conversation that ensues. You are Elijah, they say. Some say you are Jeremiah, come back. Some say John the Baptist is back. They were giving these answers. And then he turned to them and said, how about you then? Who do you say I am? Then Peter says, you are Christ, the son of the living God. In other words, you are the Messiah, the Messiah of Israel that was awaited. So now, so that was the answer. And then from that point when he said, now Peter, on this rock I shall build my church. So I really wanted to start at that primordium. At that primordium. On this rock, the rock of the declaration. You understand? Because I mentioned it earlier. I said, remember I said I was jumping myself. So, on that rock of that declaration, he said, he is building his church, right? But now look at this. He's building it on that rock. But for me, I'm more interested in the fact that he is already now alluding to the church he has come to plant, to establish, right? And don't worry about that scripture because we'll read it another day. But what I wanted to say is the following about it. When he spoke about the church, he spoke about the church in several contexts. He spoke about the church as a few believers meeting. And that's why I said when I when the home for, for Kenya, when I began the home cells here, actually it was a house somewhere in Lovington here, right? It was a house in Lovington. They ran the, okay now can I tell you about the ministry? Yeah, you need to know, right? Uh, yeah, you have to know, please. Yeah, <laughs> you say please tell them, let them know. <laughs> there are things you need to know. At the radio station, they ran. Okay, you are sleeping, my son, all is well. The radio station, after they heard me, they ran. I was on two radio stations in one day. Talking about righteousness. The church must repent. There is sin at the pulpit. Things are not right. The Messiah is coming. The nation is in sin. So they ran to catch me at the studio. And I had left like this. When I left, they caught up with me near... Uh, KCB there. 
He said, oh, so now you've come. Yes. Okay, so they pulled me right away to a house in Lovington here. The first home cell. Can I call it the nucleus home cell? The nucleus. The first home cell. Sitting down, and when they sat down, they asked, are you the one we have been waiting for? Uh, please, can you just open the Bible and teach us the Bible? We heard you. The first home cell began. It was somewhere here. I, don't, I may not know the exact location, but somewhere here. So, I mean in Lovington there, rather. El Geo Maracuit, probably that road there. I don't want to locate the exact place. So we sat down, about five people. I began to open the word and talk about repentance. So when Christ Jesus talked about the church, he talked about the church in several contexts. As a home cell. That's why in the beginning I was telling you, when he met his disciples, that sounded to me like a home cell, right? He was now talking to them. The few now in a house. Even at the last supper. Until I brought in the aspect of the resurrection life. The church is supposed to exude, right? But that is very powerful. Because here, I've retracted where he called her church. In Greek, in Greek is called Ecclesia. Ecclesia. I think it's KK, E-K-K. Ecclesia. L. E as you can spell it. Ecclesia. The church. The original church. And so, he talked about the church in the following context. He talked about the church, look, as a few believers meeting, as a whole congregation under a roof, and also, as a whole congregation under a roof, and also, as a whole congregation under a roof, thank you, sit down, sit down, don't worry, don't worry. Yeah. As a whole congregation under a roof, and sometimes, as the entire body of Christ. Ecclesia. The Greek word is called what? Ecclesia. And that word, if you look it down the dictionary, Ecclesia, the word that was being used to refer to church, Ecclesia, look at what it says. It says, it says, removed, in fact they say, called out, but let me begin with the first primitive uh, definition, uh, translation. Removed from the world and submitted to God. Thank you so much. I bless you eternally forever until the Messiah comes. I blessed you with eternity. Why? Because in that definition I've said, you see, the identity of the church, her name, her duty, her character. Re Again I said, removed in Greek. Removed from the world and given to God. You can remove from the world and you give where? You see, so Given to God. Removed from the world and given to God. And we know that that speaks so much about what? The separation the church is supposed to be observing now. From where? From where? From the world. So I wanted to go back to Jesus. The time of Jesus. When they refer to Ecclesia. 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 Can you imagine that? One translation, interpretation, whatever you want to call it, says, removed from the world and given unto God. But look at this now. Another one says, called from. Called from the world. I wanted to know in the Greek, what does it mean? Called from the world 
and unto the Lord. And another one says, separated from the world and unto the Lord. So, that is amazing to me because now I can combine Greek and Hebrew. Because one time I taught you about holy, holiness. In Hebrew, what it means. Shares the same root word as set apart, separated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm saying, just based on how Jesus built the church from square one, can we take that original blueprint, original drawing, and take the current one where Vigilegele is being done and try to superimpose and see if they match? Are they separated today? Oh yes. We need to review. <laughs> Otherwise you head in another direction, right? No, we need to be sure we are headed in the original direction that was planned by the Lord and planned at the launching of this ministry on the rock that is the Lord Jesus. Must be the same Mweshimiwa Kabingu. Look at the breeze. I talked about this breeze, right? Beautiful breeze. What a beautiful place to twang a gospel, to dispense a gospel with a breeze and just enjoy the day. Others are now drinking in pubs, sakatis, sukutis, magutis, whatever it is. They are drinking beers there and starting to quarrel already. But for you, look at where you are sitting on a Friday night. Friday night. Excuse me. If you don't see God in that, there's a problem. Because the definition says, Ecclesia, remove from the world and submit it unto the Lord. <laughs> I tell you. Can you sit down? Oh yes. If it is written there about that, then it has to show up in your life. Oh yes. Why would you be drinking somewhere and then it, no, no, no. I, I'm just, you know, it's a Friday and I'm a lawyer. These are just clients. I was just, uh, we were having a word or two. Yeah. But you're in the bar. No, I was drinking Coke. Hey, excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me, no. No, not here. Not here. Here the priority is right. That business, Ikae. Yes. Eternity, that I take. Nobody can snatch away. Yeah, because we were just chatting with friends. We normally chat on Fridays. We go to wherever. Hey! No, 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 no. Because he said, Ecclesia. Ecclesia is the name. Ecclesia. Meaning, already removed from the world and submitted unto the Lord. What are you doing there then? <laughs> Hallelujah. Called from the world. Ecclesia. He called it Ecclesia. Excuse me. Ecclesia. Can you imagine that? Ecclesia. Because in Spanish they say Iglesia. But I'm talking about Ecclesia. Ecclesia. He said it means removed, called from the world, separated from the world and given to God. And yet I know in the Hebrew sense, he says, holy shares the root word with what? Set apart, separated. Hey, that means he's saying holy. He's saying the church is holy. Hallelujah. He's saying she is holy. Do you see her holy here? Forever, forever. <laughs> I tell you. So once that is happening, then let's continue on that holiness road. Then we are heading somewhere. Because Jesus himself from square one, he called it Ecclesia. Ecclesia. 
ecclesia. Can you imagine ecclesia? He said it's called ecclesia, meaning pulled out, removed from the world, and submitted unto the Lord. He said, so he said ecclesia. Can you imagine that thing? Ecclesia. He said that. And then said, holy, separated unto the Lord. Do you see it separated here? Thank you very much. That is powerful. And you may not understand. And you may not understand the gravity until I give the microphone to Sao Paulo sitting here. And Sao Paulo will tell you, please, don't lose this. Because out there, even on Friday, what the churches are involved in doing will shock you. Yeah. They can gather with popcorns and, and, and Coca-Cola to watch football. Yeah. They can gather to watch a movie. They can go out on a picnic. So, so people there, you know, boys meet girls, what? And then a homosexual section of the church can gather. So sometimes when you hear these things, Please hold on to these things. That's why I wanted to go through the benchmarks yeah, that you may hold. Because if you hear the cry of their hearts, Switzerland is worse, you know? Everywhere is worse. Finland is worse. You cannot believe this. We are coming in Helsinki from the big meeting of the Lord, actually the healing service. The Lord has done things there. He has actually transfigured his servant there, glorified, and he has presented the second prophet, open blind eyes. He has done things that deaf ears opened from Slovenia or whatever. There's a country there. She came in the meeting. And then we are driving back to the hotel and you get a whole place, another part of Helsinki on the road, a whole place like a field like this, like the whole of this area. The many, many young men, boy and a boy, girl with girl, boy with girl, what? Both homosexual, transsexual, whatever, sitting together and drinking beer on the lawn. A lot of them like a crusade. I said, hey, we've just come from the meeting of the Lord. They are here doing like this. They are not aware that they have the Lord to account to and the Messiah is coming. So that's why you need to hold this with care. Very much care. Because sometimes they hear the benchmarks being mentioned and you are celebrating. And they're like, oh, I wish that was my country. Even just this population, only this for my country. That was enough. Outside there, the church is in total mud. For M-U-D, mud. And she's mad for M-A-D. So, Let's move on. Ecclesia is the word, right? Ecclesia. And so now, Matthew 16. Matthew 16, as we start this journey. Matthew chapter 16, I'm reading, I'll read a few, I may not read all. Because of time, the sun is really running down, right? Somebody don't talk to me now, right? Matthew 16. Bishop Kibalich. This is powerful. Amen, my son. It was important. It's important to come to a stop and review. If you are serious. Because otherwise, you move in the wave. You don't even know how it started. Because most of you are new sometimes, right? But now you understand it was deeply rooted and well thought of. And it came as a need. A felt need on the earth. 
which means must be handled with treasure. Matthew 16, I said um, 13 to 20. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea, Philippi asked his disciples, what do people say? This I have said already, right? We can, because there are many other more scriptures. Matthew 24, 3, I said, when they sat, that looked like a home cell. Luke 22, 15, can we see what the, that says? So that we can be able to summarize. I don't know how much we can do because there's another. We may not finish today, right? 